New research by YouGov has found that more than half of UAE residents have cut non-essential spending over the past six months, while a whopping 77% will continue doing so in the future. That's no surprise considering the global economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, which caused widespread pay cuts and job losses as businesses closed and millions of people started working from home. According to the YouGov study, the top financial priority for UAE residents this year is to save money for unexpected hardships in a bid to financially protect themselves and their loved ones in case of an emergency. But as economies begin to reopen, the temptation to return to our old spending habits will be difficult to resist for some. One way to stay on track with your spending is to take on a no-spend month challenge, which could help you learn new ways to save money. Welcome to Pocket Full of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is Carol Glynn, the founder of Conscious Finance Coaching, who will offer her advice on the best way to plan for a no-spend month. Welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you for having me. So tell me about the no-spend challenge. How did it come about? Um... I think we like to challenge ourselves in general. And I think it is a comparison to, you know, like a low calorie diet for a month, maybe a 10 day detox. And I do think at the minute it's coming with finances because it's definitely a time um, globally where people are becoming more focused on their finances. And also it's maybe slightly easier to do it at the minute because we are so much more restricted and um, more so in some countries than others, but more restricted than we previously were. So it does make it that little bit easier to spend less. So it's a good time to do it. I think that some people want to take advantage of the situation they're in. Absolutely. I mean, personally, I feel that um, we've been practicing, you know, a, mm. a no spend <clears throat> challenge over the past year because of the lockdowns and the movement restrictions. Um, people have lost jobs and there's been, you know, multiple pay cuts and things like that. Um, but are there any specific rules to follow if you do this? I think it's um, very much down to what you're trying to achieve. So I would say if someone was going to um, take on a no, a no spend challenge, first of all, look at why you're doing it and what is it you're trying to achieve. Um, and then the rules would be, OK, how are you going to would be driven by how you're going to achieve that. So I would look at, you know, what your current spending requirements are, what your current spending habits are, and then apply some rules. So and I, I always I say this constantly when it comes to money and personal finance, there is no one rule that fits everybody because you know one shoe does not fit everyone and everyone's circumstances are different so I would look at um be realistic don't completely you know cut yourself off from everybody and everything because that would be just too hard to maintain and um, make it fun as fun as you can so challenge yourself so the rule might be spend 20 percent less but then I would say and then find, you know, five things that you can do for free to replace, you know, what you would have spent money on before doing. Maybe that's socializing, go to a park or go hiking instead, something like that. So like what for what you are removing, try and find something to replace Okay. and then find something that feels right for you um, and apply that as your rules, if okay. that makes sense. Yes, no, absolutely. So 
Do you think that one month is too much to, to begin with? Could you kind of ease yourself into it, say, start just practicing for a weekend um, and then maybe expanding mm. that to a week and then going into a month? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's seriously impressive that someone did that for a year. Um, because even, yes, a month is tough when you think about it. A lot happens in one month and you have four weekends, let's say, and that's when temptations start creeping in. Um, and I think, again, it turns out you need to look at why you're doing it and know yourself. So do you think that you can last one month? Because if, you, if you're really pushing yourself beyond what you're potentially you know, able to achieve, that will be demotivating. And then it, it's like a diet. Um, if you go on an extreme diet and then we all know the stories, you know, and a week in it becomes so hard and you're miserable and you cave and then that's a vicious cycle and you feel bad about yourself and then you end up eating more. And my worry would be that if you push yourself too far and a month is too extreme, then that could happen and it has a detrimental effect on, you know, your spending habits. But yeah, I think a weekend is a good starting point just to see how it works, how it feels. Um, and then it's really about you as a person how far can you challenge yourself but also it needs to be realistic and motivating um, and also that you can have you need to have a life as well so it's not about cutting out your life um, and all joy for a month it's about doing something that works for you and is going to have benefits in the long run so a month is a long time I would probably suggest let's do you know if you really want to do this a week to 10 days um and then see what learnings you have from that. And if you can continue it, great. And if not, then let's look at the learnings and how we can apply that to your longer term habits when it comes to money. Absolutely. And how do you plan a no spend challenge? I mean, you have to identify your needs versus your wants, I'm assuming. And uh, is there anything else, you know, other rules that you should be following? Yes, I think you're right. The first thing you should do is identify your needs versus your wants. And I think to really do this and set yourself up to be successful, if this is what you want to do, is you need to be very honest with yourself in that process. So sit down and ideally um, with actual, so like your bank statements, your credit card statements, go through and look at exactly what you're spending at the minute and distinguish between what are your needs. So your rent, your electricity, your essential food. So not like your takeaways and things like that, your groceries that you need to live. And then that will tell you what you can eliminate for that month comfortably, what will be a challenge. And then that's where you set your rules and you say, OK, I'm not going to pay for socialising. So I'm not going to have any takeaways. I'm not going to have taxis. I'm going to take public transport if you don't have a car, for example. Um, I'm not going to do any shopping or, you know, whatever that whatever it is you need to be, to do um, to reach your goal. And then your goal needs to be very clear as well. Is it that you want to just literally only spend on needs and go really extreme? Or is it that you want to reduce by a, a dirham amount or a percentage? Um, so I think for this to really work and be beneficial, you need to think about it. I think there's no point in just waking up one day and saying, I'm just not going to spend anything excess for a month. I mean, what does that mean? Um, so we need to be clear in the boundaries, in the goals, and then the rules will follow from that. And then and there's so many versions of this, but I think to sit down and think about your own rules. What do you want to cut down on? Um, how much that's going to be? And then set that goal. So I want to save 10,000 dirhams, and this is how I'm going to do it. And that by applying the rules of 
no paid for socialising, no taxis, you know, like I said. Okay. And so, but the ultimate goal could be a range of things, couldn't it? For example, you know, I want to save 10,000 dirhams, which you've just mentioned, but it could also be something like paying down debt a lot faster, which will then, you know, sort of set you up, um, you know, to be debt free. And then you've got more money to save as well. Yes, definitely. Um, And that's when it comes down to everyone's situation is different and you need to really be clear on why you're doing this. And paying down debt is a great one because that will be quite motivating because you can say, well, by not, and this is what I work with a lot of my clients, actually, when they have debt and we look at where they're spending their money and when they really have that clarity, they themselves say, well, I no longer want to spend, you know, 500 dirhams going out socializing when even 300 of that would have a huge impact on clearing my debt and the savings that will have and the reduction in stress. So if that's your reason, um, make sure you remember that and, and have that as your goal. Other reasons could be, I just want to curb a habit that I have. Some people, you know, come to me and they have, um, they feel like they're overspending at the minute on shopping and they want to curb that habit. So they feel like a, a hard and fast kind of cold turkey I guess approach to it would help um but yes there's so many reasons why people can do this some people just want to do it for you know because they feel like they want to challenge themselves and that's great too whatever works for you some could say you know it might be a little bit like the financial independence retire early movement or do you would you say that fire is a much more extreme example of the no no spend challenge I think fire is a lifestyle it's a real lifestyle um, choice because it is essentially the, the intention is that it's permanent. Um, but it is similar in how they approach, you know, if, if you're applying that fire lifestyle to, to your life, it is similar. Um, but it is, you really have to dig deep into why you're doing it for fire. Um, and, and a lot of it is around the psychology with fire understanding your spending habits and what's important to you and the values piece that I talk to a lot about clients, you know, values and spending. Um, so, yeah, I think FIRE is would take a lot more work to implement. Um, and it really is much, much broader because two weeks, one month, we can do that and we have an end to it. You know, there's like that end goal that's quite short term in comparison Whereas, like I said, fire is a whole life change and that impacts all aspects of your life, really, um, for the rest of your life, if that's how you want to, you know, continue and um, apply the fire kind of um, approach. Definitely. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot more extreme and def- and also a lifestyle choice. You, you mentioned before, you know, it's almost, you know, you could compare something like this to going on a diet and, you know, sort of um, staying away from temptations and things. To me, it's this is almost like you're detoxing um, your mm. finances, and you know just to get them back on track. Will people who stick to the challenge notice a difference in their savings, and pe- perhaps even in the long term, it could help them to change, you know, their spending habits permanently, give them more discipline, for example. Yeah, I think that can be a benefit. That, um, but you need to be very conscious of your behaviours during that month. And then also afterwards, because there's no point in doing this and then going back to exactly how you lived before, because you might save an amount um, for that one month, but that's a one off then. I think if you're going to do this, then you should really prepare to make um, lifelong changes off the back of it. So you will say you will definitely if you apply this, you will absolutely save money 
in that month, whether it's then to pay off debt or to put into your investments. But I think that to get the lifelong benefits from it, you need to learn from it and be very conscious of how you're feeling during that month and where you missed out, you know, where you felt like you missed out, where you struggled when it came to not spending um, and then the benefits that it brought to your life. Because I think a lot of, as we said at the minute, a lot of people are forced almost into this, um, but then they find other ways. So hiking has suddenly become very common, it seems, and doing things going, like going to the beach more, which are free, um, and finding other ways and applying them for the rest of your life, I guess, and realizing that we don't need to spend to enjoy ourselves or to socialize and we can do things cheaper. And if that felt good, then how do we implement that for the rest of our lives in a sustainable way? I think we need to be very careful um, that we don't need jerk in the other direction, because I know many of us who've gone on, you know, there's 10 day detox challenge and then suddenly you're starving at the end of it. And then you undo all the good work because you go crazy on food. I know I've done that in the past. Hmm. Um, and it's not that's not sustainable. So I'm wondering then, I mean, you know, it can be tough and, you know, People do like to reward themselves sometimes as well. You know, it helps to keep, mm. motiv- you know, our motivation up. And uh, so I'm thinking, what can you do to reward yourself at the end of a challenge that's not expensive? I think there's so much that you can do. And I think, and it's important, it's absolutely crucial to have that reward for yourself at the end. And this is the same for any financial goal. Or if you think about it, anything that we're trying to achieve in life that takes a bit of hard work to get there, whether it's a fitness regime or, you know, a healthy eating regime. Um, And I do this with my clients where when we set goals, we have milestones um, where at the end of each milestone or, or if it's a short term goal, which this one would be that you have a reward at the end of it because we're human beings and it's in our nature. And, we, and it, 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 it's a great way to keep us motivated. And again, it's a purpose. You know, if I do this, I can get that. Um, and, you've, and you've earned it. So it's even sweeter. So things that you can do. And again, I always work through this with clients. What's specific to them? What feels rewarding to them? Not what someone else tells you you should be. And that could be anything from taking a day off work to go on to the beach and read a book for a day and just allow yourself to do that. Um, it could be buy yourself something that you've actually wanted for a long term, but didn't feel like you should buy it or that you could buy it. And that's your reward. It could be you know, um, a meal out with your friends, if that's what's important to you, what makes you feel like it's a reward and it's a treat for you, find something. And yes, I would say maybe don't spend everything that you've saved because you know, maybe if it was purely for the challenge to see if you could do it, then that might work for you. But, you know, if you spend it all at the end of the month, then, you know, you wonder really, why did you need to do it? Um, and you're removing some of the benefits. What would happen, for example, I'm, I've taken, for example, I've taken up a, a no spend challenge. What if I gave into temptation and really splurged? What should I do to overcome that? Should I start again? Or should I, is it something that I should, you know, sort of put behind me and move on without feeling any guilt? How would I do that? I think the first thing is to um, be kind to yourself. I mean, it's a tough thing to, thing to do. A no spend challenge is difficult and we're human. Um, and especially if you go really hard on it, it, it's hard to maintain. So the first thing I would say is be kind to yourself and um, don't berate yourself. Don't punish yourself. You know, shame is not going to get us anywhere here. 
I would then say, look at why, learn from it. Look at, okay, what triggered me to do what it was that was outside the rules? So let's say I ended up going online and bought myself a dress. I don't know. Or I decided I wasn't going to go to Starbucks at all this month and buy coffee out. And I did that. Why did I do that? Because that's where the learnings are. What, what, what happened? Was I feeling sad? Was I feeling frustrated? Did something trigger me to feel like I wanted to go and spend that money? And then learn from that. And then that's something that you can take forward in past this no spend challenge. So you know your triggers and you know, um, you know, how, how you can figure out how you can manage them in the future. And then as for restarting, I personally would say no. Um, I think you need to allow yourself some wiggle room for, you know, hiccups. It's life. Things are going to come up as well. Like in, in a month, a lot of things can happen that are unexpected. So you need to allow for that. And I would say keep going to the end of the month and then look at that whole month and how you did. And it's not, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. It's about I've saved an X amount of money, but also what did I learn from it? So you should be writing down all of your outgoings and incomings during that month just to keep a proper track of, of how you're doing. Yes, absolutely. And I think not just that. So write down everything that you've spent write down everything that you didn't spend so areas that you were tempted or that you normally would and then give yourself credit for that because if you only write down what you spent then not that it's the negative side of it but that's what you spent in a non-spent month but I would say if you notice times where you had temptation or where you usually would have done something else write that down and give yourself credit because that's an achievement um and then also if you've noticed the feelings around it, because I, I do feel very strongly about, you know, money mindset and it's triggered by how we, you know, have feelings um, and past experiences and write down if, if anything comes up for you during that month that, you know, like that, if you're having a moment, it's difficult at the moment. People sometimes are, I don't know, let's say we're feeling lonely because we can't go out and that triggers a feeling to, oh, I wish I could buy something or go somewhere or do this thing that would cost money. Write that down and just be conscious of it and see what learnings are there. What if I have children? How could I get them involved? I mean, you know, like many parents, mm. I'm sure that you've experienced even going to, you know, the, the grocery store and you just happen to walk down the, the candy aisle and you've got screaming kids yes. throwing themselves all over the place. <laughs> um, how would you how would you get them involved and, and you know, work along with you on this and, you know, ha have fun with it? We did this as a family back in October. Now, we called it a spend less month, not no spend. So we challenged our children to come up with ideas to do things for free or for less. And I was amazed about, one, how enthusiastic they were, and two, with the ideas that they came up with. And they really embraced it. And I think, looking back, I think for them, it was they felt part of something we were doing as a family. Um, and that's why they, they absolutely loved it. And they came up with ideas and, and they, they questioned me. So if I was, you know, in the grocery store and buying things um, that they, for some reason, viewed we didn't need, they would question me. So they were my accountability partners, which was quite funny. Um, but we had a lot of fun with it. And we actually did a lot that month. We went to the beach. We went hiking. We, you know, and they regularly reminded me of like discounts and the entertainer and this kind of thing. Um, so slightly different in that it was a spend less, not no spend, because I thought that no spend would be a bit, probably a bit much for the kids. Um, well, mine at least. 
But yeah, it was it, it was a lot of fun and it made it fun having it made it easier because you're not alone. And then just to see their enthusiasm kind of kept us going as well and kept us motivated. That, that does sound very fun. Um, what about what are your top tips to survive the no spend challenge? I mean, one would be, you know, how to resist temptation and stick to the plan. I think get support. Um, apart from like we actually I'll go back to what we said in the beginning about you know preparing yourself so do the exercise of knowing what your needs are what your wants are what your boundaries are what the rules are be comfortable with them be very clear on them and once you have that and your goals obviously what you're trying to achieve once you have that put that goal wherever you can see it so if you work at a desk every day put it on your laptop screen or you know on on the wall beside you if you're at home put it on the fridge so that you're constantly reminded of why you're doing it and what you're trying to achieve and then I would say um, get support so a lot of it from what I've seen involves um, the, the kind of main temptations are around doing things with other people or other people's expectations so and this is the same even when I you know with my clients and they've decided to make some lifestyle changes based on you know their financial goals um, and a lot of the time it's actually other people who create temptations or create tension and my advice is tell people what you're doing tell them and tell them why and what you're trying to achieve and I think they'll do one of two things they'll either embrace it and think it's amazing and want to do it in their life as well and therefore you've got a partner or two they might be reluctant but I think that usually when you're making positive lifestyle changes they'll be reluctant for a while but then when they see the benefits they'll come back to you and say oh what did you do and how did you do that and what were your benefits and can I get involved um, and it also means that, you know, if you regularly, you know, maybe not now, but in the past, let's say an easy example is you might have a weekly dinner date with a friend um, that you can no longer do in your no spend month. Explain to them why you're doing it so that they're not calling you saying, are you coming? Are you coming? Why aren't you coming? And then the temptation is there so that they can support you for that period of time. And then an accountability partner is always um, a must, I think. So find, you know, if you have a partner or you have a friend or a sister or, or a brother, a parent, whoever, someone that will check in on you and say, how are you doing? Are you still going? Or if you're having weaknesses that you can call them. Um, because they say, I think the statistic is something like if you have an accountability a partner in any goal that you're trying to achieve, you are over 66%, I think it is, more likely to achieve that goal than if you don't have an accountability partner. Um, yeah, and I think being open and honest about it and, you know, letting people know you're doing it is huge and then they can support you and not put help not put those temptations um, in front of you. Carol, that's great advice. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to chat. Thank you this week to Carol Glynn, founder of Conscious Finance Coaching. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pfatthenational.ae. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your podcasting app to receive weekly updates and also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Aisha Khan, Arthur Edison and Lean Alfaisal. And I've been your host, Felicity Glover.